Help by I Got a Mac podcast episode number 81. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biting. And we're here on a different day and time for those who are in the chat room live. Chris, you want to tell them where, what time it is for those who are listening via the podcast? Ooh, it's early. Early. <laughs> it's 9 a.m. on Thursday, Eastern Daylight Savings Time. That is right. 9 a.m. doing a technology show. What is up with us? We're dumb. No, <laughs> we're just busy. And Monday nights have uh, been, been, been getting kind of full uh, for me and for you. So we thought we would move it uh, to 9 a.m. since I don't have a traditional job as of yet. Hint, hint. Yeah. Anybody out but, there wanting to hire Chris? He is available for hire. Chris at Biting, B-E-I-T-I-N-G dot O-R-G. Yep. And you can also see uh, the video work that I do. And I've got a couple of clients lined up for some video work. So I'm busy. I'm just not, uh, you know, punching a clock right now, which actually isn't isn't a, a terrible thing, right? And and by the way, if you guys need some video work done, like so, to demonstrate your products or services, Chris, do you, have you put any of your like videos that you've done for other people on your website yet? Yeah, if you go to biting.org and there's a section called the work, there you and, go. Uh, there's a my my portfolio of some of the stuff I've been working on. Go check that out, folks, and hire Chris to do a project. There you go. Yes. So anyway, but don't don't hire him Monday mornings at 9 a.m. because we want to stay at Monday morning or what is this? Thursday morning, Thursday, Thursday morning at 9 a.m. because we want to have him stay here as long as possible. And it better uh, not be Monday morning. It'd be a long week. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, but, speaking of, of, of today, Thursday, Cliff, yes. today is 40th anniversary of the Apollo 11 uh, moon launch. Sweet. And if you, uh, I don't want you to do it now, Yeah. but after the show, if you go to wechoosethemoon.org, you can actually follow the launch in real time. Now, it's going to launch while we're doing the show here, so we're going to miss that, but you can go back and listen to it. And it's cool. You'll be able to see, uh, you know, where, where the, the flight path was for the moon, you know, for the, for the, for, for the Saturn V rocket. And um, you can listen to the uh, Capcom communications, you know, from... Uh, from the Kennedy Space Center to the astronauts. It's awesome. I'm a big giant space nerd, and I think this is very, very cool. That is very cool. So, so we choose the moon.org. We choose the moon.org. Now, why can't I do that now? Just to see what's it, cool. Because we will be distracted. I'm just going <laughs> to, you know, you, you mentioned it, and I'm pulling it up right now just because I have to. And I it's just a want, beautiful flash site, flash based oh. site, streaming audio. It's awesome. Can I just say I love that it says this site is best viewed with Firefox 3.5. That oh is, yeah. yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, a lot. A lot of sites are moving away from support for IE six. Thank goodness, because it's eight years old now. Yeah. Uh, Share this has announced that their widget no longer works, uh, and it's no longer supported in IE six. So if you have, I, if you're running Windows, I don't know why you're listening to this show. Maybe you're curious about Macs because that's what this show is for the new Mac user. Um, if you are still using IE six, please upgrade to IE eight or get Firefox at uh, getfirefox.com. Stop using that browser. Stop spreading worms and spyware and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, Internet Explorer six is horrible, folks, it, and it really does make life difficult. And uh, for Cliff for would people. rather run Vista than use IE six. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, so <laughs> this this moon launch thing looks pretty cool. I'm going to leave it open in a back browser. I, I do want to say one other thing. So far, everything we've been talking about is is truly geekery. And um, one of the reasons one of the reasons which um, made Monday evenings more difficult for me uh, for upcoming shows is that I'm going to be going to a lot of press screenings for movies. Uh, for the podcast network here for us to cover. And I just want to say, folks, if you are a fan of Harry Potter at all, you have to go see the the most recent movie. It is amazing. And oh, man, if, I've, read, I've read all the books, so I'm, I'm champing at the bit to go. Oh, I tell you, I went Monday evening for a special preview of it. It was fantastic. Best movie altogether. I have not read the books. However, this movie, this particular movie, I've seen all of the ones prior to it. Several several of the previous movies I've seen more than once. This movie though makes me want to go read all the books. So they're great. Yeah, I'm looking I mean, forward the, the, to it. Yeah, you you can you can crush the first three in a weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just pure. The, the first few books are just pure brain candy, and uh, you know the the books get longer and thicker and more complex. And then you know by the end, it's it's an adult novel. By the end, I I think. I mean. I'm not going to talk about what happens in the last book. Well, but don't because I don't know. It's, it's very, very exciting. So, well, I'll tell you, we're we're going to be reading them together as a family. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Right on, it's awesome. But uh, we're, yeah, it's going to be a bedtime routine. But uh, for those listening to this, if you are a huge fan of Harry Potter and you want to hear what Stephanie and I thought immediately following watching the movie ourselves, go to familyfromtheheart.com. Browse down to episode 66 of that show, and it's called Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince Review. The first 24 minutes are completely 100% spoiler-free, where we talk about what we liked about the movie as far as the way that it was made and stuff like that without giving you any hints as to what's in that movie at all. And then at 24 minutes into the podcast, we say clearly, listen, stop now if you don't want to be spoiled. Come back and start here when you have seen the movie or if you don't care then and you've read the book and you already know what's going to happen anyway then feel free to listen to us going on about it and so it's a it's about an hour long uh review of harry potter and what we thought about it and we had lots of fun and i'll tell you it's become pretty popular that particular episode of that show because a lot of people are harry potter fans obviously Oh, yeah, definitely. So anyway, I just wanted to make that announcement and also one other announcement and then we're going to get into the Mac news. How's that? Let's do it. Uh, today uh, launches not just the the uh, the the rockets that you've been talking about here in 25 minutes from now as I'm watching and you're right. I'm a little distracted by that. Uh, see, told you. There we go. But anyway, uh, we're launching something else today. And it is at 11 a.m. Thursday mornings, and today's going to be the very first episode of a brand new gspn.tv podcast called Social Media Serenity, and it is going to be very similar to Help I Get a Mac uh, in the format in that I, it'll be myself hosting and um, I'll be actually co-hosting actually with my friend Eric Fisher. So basically, instead of being Cliff and Chris, it's going to be Cliff and Eric. And the two of us are going to sit down on a weekly basis and talk about Twitter, Facebook, um, you know, LinkedIn, YouTube, all the IM clients. We're going to be talking everything it is out there when it comes to connecting people with each other with technology. And we're going to be talking about it 
Um, we're going to talk about news. We'll talk a little bit about marketing side because both of us are involved in and in doing some of this on the business end of things. And Chris, that's where we're going to invite you to come in and, and call in as much as you can and share your experience with Share This and other areas of social media. But also, we're really going to have a big, huge focus all the time asking the question, how does social media fit into our lives without it controlling our lives? Or how, do, how does it fit into a balanced life? How can we pr- be productive without it being distracting? And, mm-hmm. and that is going to be the main thrust of social media serenity. And so the idea of serenity being that balance in life. So anyway. Sound, sounds good. Very cool. And that's today at 11 o'clock. And of course, uh, and, and welcome back to everybody over there at geeksradio.fm, by the way. You know, we got some great feedback from the folks over at Geeks Radio. You know that? No, but sweet. They still, I don't think they still put my picture up, though. The, uh, Geeks Radio folks, if you're listening to this, which I know they are, by the way. <laughs> uh, as, soon, soon, as soon as you hear this on the live stream, please, by the end of this show being streamed on your network... Please add Chris's picture up into the show host page, and I promise I'll I'll eventually go in and and upload this week's and last week's episode of Help I Got a Mac on your site. Uh, we'll make it a deal. How's that? We'll 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 use that as a bargaining chip. There we go. We'll post content when you post picture. <laughs> Just kidding. So right Chris, on. tell us what's going on in the world of Mac. We've talked on a whole lot about the world of the well technology and in, in general but let's talk about Macs, man sure man uh the first story is that the brand new itunes 8.2.1 came out uh yesterday and the big thing that it did was kill the little hack that palm was using to sync the pre with the with itunes so if you have a palm pre and uh, if you do i'd love to hear what you think of it um and you're using itunes to sync can't do it no more which isn't surprising let's be honest well if, well first of all let me ask you this is that the only feature 8.2.1 introduces? <laughs> I think so, yeah. That really does tick me off. I just want to say, I, I do not own a Palm Prix, and I could care less about the Palm Prix personally. Okay? Yeah. Now, I think it sucks for the people who have Palm Prix and who were using it to sync. And I can understand Apple's business models. They want to sell iPods, right? Mm-hmm. And And it is Apple's software... And it just makes it, I mean, there, and there's nothing legally wrong with them doing that. I mean, Palm could come out with uh, an awesome iTunes-like software that will allow them to manage their music and sync it to the Palm, right? Yep. So there's nothing stopping them from doing that. So I can, but, however, don't give me that little bouncing thing down in the dock You know, that sits there and annoys the crud out of me and says, please update me, please update me and and do that on all the Macs that I own, which is only two, by the way. But uh, but it ticks me off to sit there and know that I have to update just because they're trying to break something for somebody. Yeah. now the only other thing I think of I can think of that it may it may prep is for the new 3.1 software that's coming out for the iPhone and iPod touch here any day now well you know in my opinion they need to tell you what's going on with those yeah yeah it, i i think they need to be a little bit more clear about all the things and, and of course i did not upgrade yet to 8.2.1 and yeah, neither have i you know i only just upgraded the security patch for java and safari um what was it last week 
Oh, really? Yeah, finally upgraded both of my phones. Cause I, or not phones, but backs. The, the problem was, is the first time I did it, I finally said, okay, let go ahead. And then it says, can't, you know, couldn't install this. And it was because Safari had to be updated first. And so I just let it go a couple more weeks. And then finally I upgraded it. And now, yesterday, I got another Safari update coming through. And I'm like, cancel. Who uses Safari? <laughs> Uh, I do. <laughs> I know you do. Actually, uh, but I, I I use Firefox too. I hear a lot of people talking about the new Safari and that the, the, the new Safari is awesome. Yeah. Now, real quick, I just want to let people know before we kind of finish the thought of this story. If you do have an Android device, a Palm Pre, a, a Palm like Centro, a Windows Mobile, and you do have a Mac and you have iTunes and you want to get that stuff on there, there is a piece of software you can get called Double Twist. And if you go to doubletwist.com, it's free, I believe. It looks like it is. And this is from the, the guy, DVD John, that when he was, in, it was the guy in Europe that when he was in high school, figured out how to crack the code for DVDs. Mm-hmm. So this guy is really, really smart. And it, their, their uh, motto is, you know, it's open uh, all your stuff on all your devices with all your friends because it's got a little bit of social media stuff in there. And it interfaces with your uh, iTunes, so this is a way. Uh, this is a way around it. And from what I've been told, it's pretty awesome. Very cool. So there you go, folks. There is a way to continue to connect your Palm Pre. All right, Chris. What else we got? All right. Speaking of uh, 3.1, uh, the tethering trick that some of us may or may not have used in theory uh, to enable tethering on their iPhone 3.0. Uh, no longer works in the 3.1 beta 2. Uh, while iPhone OS 3.0 provides some support for tethering, AT&T has yet to officially support it because they're lame. As a workaround to obtain tethering as well as MMS for some, some users have modified their carrier files. As of 3.1 beta 2, this no longer works. All right. So, and of course, we're all still using 3.0. And that means that if you are really enjoying your tethering abilities, hypothetically, um, or just the possibility the, the, to know that you have the ability. How's that? If you just love to know that you have the ability, if you ever were to try it, um, then, then don't <laughs> upgrade to 3.1 until you might possibly hear somebody out there over at help.benm. Uh, what was it? A-T or A-M? Something. Anyway, uh, until he, he releases some kind of carrier update that allows you to uh, tether beyond that. Oh, yeah. They'll figure a workaround on this. Yeah, they'll, yeah, the only thing is, I would say, is, is don't upgrade to 3.1 and, unless there's something else there that's more important to you than, than some other functionality that you may or may have not chosen to use on your phone. But, but this is what I love about the hacker mentality. It's like, don't tell us that we can't do it because we will find a way to. Yeah, there's no question about that. There, yeah, it, it's not a question of you'll never be able to upgrade your phone. It's just like, wait two weeks or two hours. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, exactly. All right. And then one more Apple news, I think, right? Or two more, right? maybe. Uh, well, one more and a, a little tip. Oh, uh, I Apple like tips. Yeah. And uh, as we all know, the App Store is a year old now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Apple just re- released a press release saying it, dis- it has distributed over 1.5 billion apps in the App Store's first year. And uh, the App Store now features 65,000 apps, uh, 77 countries. And the iPhone developer program includes 100,000 members, too. So uh, 
I think the app store is here to stay. Yeah. The only thing I want to say about the iPhone developer program includes a hundred thousand members. Uh, I'm one of those hundred thousand and I downloaded it and you know, I never did anything with it. It's it, the thing. The problem is, is the app, the de- development kit and everything. It's 100% free. And so, yeah, exactly. So anybody can go and download it. So I, I have a hard time thinking there's a hundred thousand app developers out there for the iPhone. Do you think that's just, Oh yeah. Active develop. Yeah. Yeah. I just think people have downloaded, they're counting people who have downloaded the SDK. Yeah, exactly. But you know, that being said, you know, 65,000 apps for a piece of software or for a piece of equipment that has only had the functionality of developing software for what a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. That that's pretty darn awesome. I, that, is I, awesome. I, that is awesome. I mean, I, I remember when I had my palm in my or my handspring, at, which was a palm OS device. I, I mean, I remember, I don't, I don't know if there was ever 65,000 within the first year and a half, but I know that it it, it couldn't have been anywhere close to that. Uh, now, it may have over time developed that many applications, but by golly, within a year and a half, 65,000 and the quality of which these applications are is is amazing. So. Yeah, yeah. I, it was funny. Yesterday, I, I made a, a statement saying that when it's time for my phone contract to come up, I don't know if I'm going to stick with the iPhone or jump to an Android device. And, you know, I got a lot of heat from people <laughs> when I made that statement on Twitter. And I, I doubt I will. It's just, you know, I use, and, and you're the same way, I use Google Apps and I use Gmail and Google Calendar and all this stuff. And it just seems that, you know, Apple is not willing to allow really, really tight integration with these, mm-hmm. at least as tight as I want them to be. Whereas Google, you know, like they just came out with the Google Voice application for Android, which overtakes the dialer, the default dialer for, for uh, Android if you want it to. Yeah. And I just don't see Apple doing anything like that. That Google said they're going to make an app for the iPhone for Google Voice. It's, it's on its way. But I don't think it's going to offer the same kind of integration of functionality as the Android, obviously, because, you know, Google makes Android. Right. Now, for the iPhone, do you have the Google Voice dialer? No, I held off because I was certain that, that Google was going to come out with their own. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, want to, I didn't want to plunk any money down until... Well, I got the free I version, and it works great. And it's called it? GV Mobile Free. Okay. GV See, I, for what, Google Voice. What I, what I want is and i don't think only google can do this is to have because you can do text you can do sms messaging within google voice for free yes and what i want is if someone sends me a text message through google voice i want it to push to my phone yes and the minute that happens I'll cancel my text plan with AT&T and just tell everybody to call me on that number from now on. Yeah, because there are a ton of <clears throat> there are a ton of applications available in the App Store where you get unlimited free SMS messages. You know, you you just buy the software and all of a sudden you got free blah 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 blah. The problem I have with that is they don't give you a 10-digit phone number or a nine, you know, whatever digit phone number. And yeah. and so many of these services they they require a phone number for your SMSs to come through. So I can't set up Twitter with any of those. And Twitter's where 99% of my text messages come from. Yeah, for me, though, that's that, that's not as important as it was now that I've got IM Plus with Push. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, the, I, I see where you're coming from there. But I mean, even if I could get SMSs uh, via email, I mean, it's going to be a little delayed because I poll for new messages every 15 minutes. But I just want to get around paying for text messaging. Yeah. 30. And if the Google if the Google app does push with SMS, game set match, you know, mm-hmm. they they've won. When he's asking, is there a good Twitter application with push out yet? And the only one I'm gonna tell you is IM Plus is the only one I'm aware of. And it, it's 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 an IM application that allows you to connect to Yahoo, MSN, Gtalk, AIM. ICQ, Jabber, everything else out there under the sun, but it also allows you to put in one of your um, Twitter accounts, your main Twitter account, and it will send you push notifications of at replies and direct messages, and it works beautifully, and so check that one out. The the UI isn't as pretty as I would like it to be, but... No, but, but the thing is, is honestly, I never, I hardly ever physically log into im plus unless somebody sent me an im message and i want to log in to respond to them but as far as a twitter application i would never twitter from that application i wouldn't do an at reply to somebody else from that application it's simple the only reason i use it the hook my twitter account to the im plus is simply for the at reply notifications and the dm notifications yeah, and definitely. It, and it, they're saying, what's the app's name? And it's just called I am and the plus sent symbol. And that's uh, instant messaging is what I am. So I am plus. There you go. Sweet. All right. And then you have a tip you said. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of applications out at the App Store. It's hard to kind of separate the good stuff from the bad stuff. And, you know, we, we recommend things, I think, just about every week. Like, I've got a couple that I want to recommend. More games, because I, I like games. Um, but uh, the fine folks at Macworld, who, uh, you know, they make a cool magazine. And, you know, I, I used to get a, a Macworld magazine. I don't get it anymore. But uh, they have an, an application guide and you know, since they're a big publication, they get a lot of the apps ahead of time and review them, and they, they show you price drops and stuff. If you go to macworld.com/appguide/index.html, uh, you'll, you'll find this site, and it's really good. I've been kind of looking through it, and if if you have a hankering for a certain type of application, they've got them all broken down in there, and, and real nice to navigate through. So, just this a little is, recommendation. This is a very nice layout of this site. I really like the cleanness of it. And it, it's visually impressive, and it and it's not bogged down with too much clutter all over the site. I, I really like this. This looks good, and I love that when you um, when you hover over just any of the icons, it pulls up like a a flash overlay, and uh, it tells you all about it without actually even clicking into the next page. This is very nice. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, no problem. I I've been kind of perusing there. And, uh, you know, since, since we're kind of on this app here, I want, I've got one application I want to recommend. Sure. And I don't get apps for free very often, and I, I didn't get this one for free. I paid for it. It's called Slugger. Okay. And it's basically a home run derby. And, you know, you're in a baseball stadium, and all you do is swing. And the, to swing, you touch the screen, and then you can aim where the bat's going to contact the ball, you know, by tilting the, the phone. <laughs> And what's cool about it, though, is you can play head-to-head with people online. And you can set up a rivals list. So, like, if you create it, if you download the program, and I, yesterday it was $0.99. Cents, I don't know if it still is. Uh, if you create a username, I can set you as a rival. And then whenever you and I are on, we can play against each other. 
Okay. Which is pretty and sweet. And it, is it the baseball slugger or no? Uh, yes. Okay, so it's baseball slugger. Let me see what. If, uh, wow, that's weird. It just it's two dollars and ninety nine cents now. And uh, let's see here. I and this one doesn't. Oh, okay. There's the the description. Okay, make your own customized look with a wide range of selections and bodies, looks, baseball equipment, and others. Add your friends as rivals and challenge head to head. And then you can click for full description. Awesome. So uh, $2.99 and you can and you can rival other people online. Now, do they have to be online at the same time or can you like play something and then all of a sudden they get like a notification or anything like that? That, that I don't know. But what I'll have to I'll have to try that. But what's cool about it is while you're playing against the other person, you see what they're doing in the corner. Mm hmm. So I can see if the person's striking out because it shows a little version of, of what my screen looks like up in the corner. And it, I don't know, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I played with it, I think, almost an hour straight last night just challenging different people and getting, getting crushed and then, you know, me, you know, me crushing people. It was a lot of fun. I liked it. Sounds interesting. Very yeah. cool. I don't think I have any new applications. Let me just browse through here real quick on my phone. Um, you know what? I did find one that I like. Um, it's called White Noise Light. Have you heard of White Noise Light before? No. What is it? Have you ever gone into a Brookstone store and you see all the alarm clocks with all the uh, with all the um, you know the the alarm the white clocks? noise generators? Yeah, and and also the sound effects and stuff. So let me let me unmute my phone here, and well, let's see if I can get this to. Here we go. Of course, my my pop and uh, noise gate is kind of uh, <laughs> throwing it off. Here, here, I turned it up a little. Here we go. That's my thunderstorm. And uh, let me see if nice. I can find the the rain. So what it, it is? Like bacon. Exactly. It sounds like frying bacon. But anyway, the whole idea here is it gives you those things that, you know, the, the sound effects that are soothing. You've got ocean waves and stuff like that. The free version comes with quite a few of the more popular sounds. It's got a train, you know, the train going down the tracks or whatever. So it's got a couple very soothing sounds that you could fall asleep to. Now, I will tell you, listening to them from the iPhone speaker, even with the 3G, which I think is a very good speaker, it really doesn't give you a good, you know, how oh, I could sleep to this. But let me tell you, you hook it up to, you know, some good speakers or something like that, something that has a decent sound. If you have one of those in your bedroom, you could really plug this in and it really does have a very clear sound to it. So uh, if, if maybe I, I can imagine if I lived in a city of course, if you live in the city, eventually the noise, you, you know, you'll get used to the noise. But if you're visiting and you're in a place where it's just really noisy and you're having a hard time sleeping because of, you know, whatever it is outside and, and just the hum of the night, the, these kind of things really help to mask that and, and to soothe you to sleep. That's awesome. So anyway, that, that's a new application. And, and I'll just give that as my pick of the week. And that's called White Noise Light. And uh, cool. and then, of course, I, I did mention the other one just now, uh, GV Mobile Free, uh, Google Voice for GV, GV Mobile 3, and that is free, and it is a Google Voice dialer, so I can actually go in there, dial up somebody, pull up a contact for my contact list, click, and, and it will then call me, 
And then as soon as I pick up, it starts dialing that person that I've called. And the whole idea there is that you are your Google voice number is going to show up on their caller ID. And technically speaking, if I didn't have unlimited long distance, um, then it would also allow me to make long distance calls. Now, here's a, here's a great example of when this might be helpful. Let's just say you're at a friend's house or you're at a place that does not have a, a great long distance plan, right? Right. And so uh, they, they, it would just call the, cost them outrageous amounts of money. And you don't want to use all the minutes on your phone to talk to somebody you know you're going to talk to for the next hour. Well, you can actually go to Google Voice Dialer free and you dial up the, per, the phone number and you can actually select it to do any of the preset numbers that you have in Google Voice. So you could actually have it dial your friend's house and you dial that long distance number, pick up the phone and it connects you for free to somebody else um, via long distance. And so basically you pick it up and, you ha- and then all of a sudden you're talking for free. That's the whole That's- advantage of Google Voice, right? And they have, yeah, and they have really, really cheap international rates too. So if you want to call France or, or you know, Mexico or anything, it's generally about eight cents a minute. And like, I think the most expensive I saw was about 53 cents a minute, but that was to like uh, Somalia or somewhere, you know, somewhere where they, you know, the, the technology isn't great there anyway. So that's where they're very, take, very cool. That's voice via, via carrier pigeon, right? Exactly. Yeah. Now, Google Voice is still in closed beta, but they are accepting invites and and, and bringing people to uh, to it. You only have to wait a few weeks generally, and you get to choose your number, which is something I didn't get to do. I still have, I have a pretty easy number to remember, but I didn't get to choose my number. Like I've got friends of mine that have like you know their last you know the, the last digits are Nate because a buddy of mine's named Nate or Rich. You know, for a buddy of mine named Rich. So. Um, Kind of a bummer, but you can change your number if you want. Google charges you ten dollars to do that, mm-hmm. which isn't which isn't terrible. So yeah, you can change your number yeah. for ten bucks. That that is actually a little bit steep to change your number, but anyway, the whole idea of having a Google Voice number is to have the same number for life. Now, if it was ten bucks to add a second number, I could I could go for that. Yeah. Alrighty, wake up, Chris. I heard the yawn. Oh man, sorry. Busted, I tried man. To, I, tried, I, tried, I tried to mute it. <laughs> no problem. So, hey, uh, one other thing that uh, about apps, and then we'll move on. I was browsing the category of navigation the other day, and there are quite mm-hmm. there are the turn by turn things are starting to show up slowly but surely. And I noticed, obviously, AT and T's had their version out, which is a subscription fee of nine ninety nine a month. Uh, which mm-hmm. I think is ridiculous, but you know it could be a viable solution, especially for people who only want it for maybe one or two months and then they're done with it. Uh, now there's an, some there are two other applications in there. Uh, one's available so far. I could only find it in Europe, but it was like a hundred and twenty nine dollars, I think, for the application, wow. and that's the maps of that's the, all the roadmaps of Europe. And uh, they've got North America Lite in there now, which is just showing you the functionality. And it doesn't actually allow you to do a real, uh, you know, test of this. It, has, it doesn't allow you to do the, the actual thing. It's like a demo version of it. Uh, but anyway, and then there was another one in there that I saw. And the maps were like $79 or $89. So those are starting to show up. And the fact that I saw something in there for 79 or 89 really makes me feel 
that this TomTom application is probably going to be around the $80 range. That That's just my guess. Yeah, if they break it up, well, what they could do is offer like an the whole map of you know the United States for you know 120 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. If you just need east of the Mississippi River, that'll be you know 50 or 60 bucks, you know half of whatever you would pay for the full version. And if you need west of Mississippi, then you pay another another price. And that's how Garmin typically does it when you when you get the. Uh, you you can download or buy DVDs of, of topographical maps, and you can choose it in different quadrants. You know where you drive the most. So for most people who just stick in one kind of geographical area, that might be enough. Right. And if and if they need the full version, and you know, then they buy the full version. Yeah. That th- now the one that was uh, eighty nine dollars was just uh, the East Coast, so it it covered yeah. all of Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, and half of Tennessee. And see what, what they could do also, Cliff, is that since now you can do within app purchases, let's say you buy a chunk for you know 50 bucks or whatever, and you're like, oh, I need to travel to California. Well, I need to buy two more map packs. You buy them right within the app. That, that makes perfect sense. Make the app low cost, well, pretty low, you know, 50 bucks or whatever. And if you need more app maps, you can buy them through the TomTom application itself. That's yeah. the way I would do it. I would do it by state. If they could figure out the technology to do it by state, it's like, okay, you're traveling and all of a sudden, you know, oh, you know what? I never thought I would need um, West Tennessee, but you know what? It turns out that I do. I'm in, I find myself here in West Tennessee, but I don't want to buy the entire West Coast. This is about as far West as I, I probably will go for the next eight years of my life. At least in a car. Exactly. At least in the car. And so, therefore, um, I'd love to have just the ability to say, you know what? Let me purchase the state of Tennessee. For 20 bucks. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or 15. 15 bucks would be great. I I would pay 15 bucks to have that functionality. I mean, that's at that point, I think it may be cheaper to just go ahead and add the nine ninety nine a month for for uh, AT&T. So they they have I I think 10 bucks per state if you're going to buy it per state because if you think of it that way uh that that's a that's a heftier cost than than getting those bundles so yeah but then they could yeah they could do a couple different pricing plans because if you decide to buy every state that would get really expensive exactly that and that's where you bundle them so yeah i you know we're, we're, you know we're still all talking hypothetically here and of course it's funny that we're all just waiting for tom tom nobody's i i don't know anybody that's bought any of these other applications uh but yeah, I, it's gonna be tom 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 magellan garmin those are the th- the big three at least in the united states yeah well I'm, I'm excited for them to come out obviously we continue to talk about it and we just waiting for it to happen so that is all I have there. So let's move on now, Chris, to um, let's see here. Our questions of the week. And I noticed that we missed the launch of the uh, of the uh, the rocket. Anyway, I'm following it on Twitter. Are you following it on Twitter? <laughs> yeah. So it, it launched 10 minutes ago as we were recording this. All right. So we have bunches of questions here. And um, I just I think we've got enough time to get through them here if we go pretty quickly so i'll start off with the first one chris chris k wrote uh let's see here i had to go to the apple store in kenwood for my second sunday in a row to pay a visit to the genius bar again this time for my imac uh wasn't last week his ipod i believe i think 
I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, wonderful experience. My appointment was at one forty, and I was helped at that time almost to the second. The woman who took care of me was very good and got to the issue, got the issue fixed. Or so we both thought when I left the store. A little backstory. I pick, I put my computer to sleep uh, when I'm at work, be, uh, and when I come home, when I came home on Thursday and tuned it on at let's see, almost right away, I hear a little buzzing noise coming from either a fan or the hard drive. Soon after that, my computer starts to freeze and unfreeze until finally I get the beach ball of doom. All right. After waiting about a minute, which is much longer than I have ever had to wait for the beach ball of doom to clear up, I finally had to shut it off by holding the power button in. After that, sometimes it would reboot normally. Sometimes it would stay on the gray Apple logo screen forever. Once I got a folder with a question mark on it. And then another time I got a circle with a slash through it, like on the no smoking signs. Unfortunately, or no, he says, fortunately, I'm still in warranty. And he says, yes, I will buy Apple Care. So I took it in. So he's still within the first year of this brand new iMac. And let me tell you, folks, Chris K is the most patient person on the face of this planet. Because if there's ever been a person who's experienced an iMac, um, it, you know, the, the, his this I'm not per- perfectly sure, but this may be his first iMac. Or his first Mac, and he's had problems since day one. Do you remember this? Yeah, I mean he's had nothing but problems, and so wow. And and and, and you know I don't mind bringing that up here, you know, because we want, the, if anything, we want to say, you know, or I want to say that you know Apple makes computers, and computers can break down. There's no question about that. But anyway, he's always remained optimistic and has always felt good about the Apple Care and service that he has. And Apple Care not being the trademarked Apple warranty that you purchase because he has not yet bought that. Which right now would be a great time to say to folks that you do get the first twelve months of Apple Care for free. Oh yeah, definitely. And then you have you, the, only, the only thing you, the, the only thing you don't get is um, you only get ninety days of free phone support with with your one year of Apple Care. You get parts and labor for free, but only ninety days of phone support. Okay, and then of course you you can it, you do not have to buy Apple Care the day you buy your computer. Instead, you can wait up to twelve months from the date of purchase of your Mac computer before you end up buying Apple Care. So let's just say you don't need phone support until your ninth month into your your uh, ownership of your Mac, and you need to call up and and do a phone support with Apple Care. Well, guess what? You can purchase your Apple Care that day, and that that phone call is covered. And I actually did that once. So, anyway, anyway, let's see here. After waiting about a minute, we already did that one. He goes, uh, "I can't." Let's see. All right. So, where did I leave off? Do 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 do. Also, he took it in. All right. Hard drive appears perfectly fine. She reset the PRAM and it started right up. No, no noise from the fan or hard drive and all of my icons were still in the dock. What, let's see here, what made her suspect the PRAM was the fact that my system did not play the startup chime. I can get it to start up if I reset the PRAM using command option plus, command plus option plus P plus R. So holding down all four of those keys at the same time. But obviously that's not acceptable. It's not an acceptable workaround. Even if I was fine doing that, there's still the issue of freezing and the beach ball. 
Alrighty. At that time, let's see. At that time, though, we were both completely certain that this was the issue. So I took it home. I don't understand taking it home with the the fact that you're going to have to do something like that. But he did. He he took it home. If he had any doubt at all that the uh, let's see. If I had any doubt at all about the issue being fixed, I wouldn't have taken it home. Uh, it worked flawlessly for about 30 minutes, and then I heard that all-too-familiar buzz again, followed by the beach ball of doom. I was thinking maybe I got a file corrupted and clean, did a clean install reinstall of Leopard. I got the buzz and beach ball while attempting to download the updates. I'm off. Let's see. I'm off one morning this week, so I've made another appointment. Fortunately, I work near the Ken, Kenwood uh, Town Center, so it's not that far of a trip. I'll get this fixed. The computer is too young and too good looking to die on me now. Smiley. Let's see. Uh, oh, and then he put a little smiley face in there. Anyway, he says, anyone have any ideas about what could possibly be wrong? Uh, not so much for me, but for any other member of the community who might be running into this ish- issue, I'll keep you posted. And then he did give us a follow up and says it was a bad hard drive. They are ordering a new one and have it back by the end of the week. It was very sporadic which made diagnostic diagnosis difficult note to anyone if you hear buzzing sound even if the even if the disk utility says it's fine make a genius bar appointment and buy apple care before you your limited warranty is up so there you go yeah exactly if it, if you ever see a folder with a question mark it just means it can't find it can't find the hard drive so it, yeah it's failing yep Alrighty. Well, anyway, and and so I, you know, this story. What do we learn from the story, Chris? What, what what are some takeaways here? So we took a lot of time reading a story which wasn't technically a question. What are some What are some things you think we can bring out of the story that are important for our listeners who are either brand new Mac users or somebody thinking about getting a Mac? Make a Genius Bar appointment is the first one. <laughs> um, and if you have issues, take it to them. But if they're sporadic. You know, let them know that it's sporadic. It's not happening all the time. Document exactly what's going on so they know. Uh, a lot of times, uh, when I was a Mac genius, a lot of times people would just come up to the bar and say, my computer doesn't work. Yeah. And they wouldn't be able to give me any more details other than my computer doesn't work. Really hard to diagnose an issue on a computer. And especially if it's something that doesn't happen all the time. So take notes. If you notice something's going on with your computer, write it down and bring that with you. That makes things so much easier. So when he said things like he, he, he told the genius bar, here's what I've got. I've got a fan that sounds like it's going out of control. So there's, there's some kind of weird sound going on with the fan. Um, <laughs> he, he also mentioned there was an icon with an exclamation point in a folder. Then there was the circle, you know, with a cross through it, like the no smoking signs. And so the fact that he's he's documenting those things really did help them to slowly get to the point of where it was. And so they thought it was something. The only can I just say, Chris, I, the the fact that all of a sudden the Apple Care, uh, the Genius Bar, does it sound weird to you that they would say, "Oh, well, it must be your PRAM," and all, and any time this happens, you just need to do these four keystrokes. To, or this keystroke of four keys and and send them home with that as a solution does that sound right to you i wouldn't have done it that i think i think that was a bad solution yeah it's like if this ever happens just do this that yeah doesn't makes I, I don't think i 
I would have been as happy as he was to leave the store with my it's like I'll tell you what but I, I think what he did was right though to go ahead and take it back home while it was working and just keep working at it and and see the man and to think to think that he did an a complete clean install reinstall of of leopard that that's a lot of extra work but uh, I'm mm-hmm. glad they finally fa- found out the other thing. And the other takeaway from this, of course, is Apple Care is worth it. Um, that you know, I've everybody who's ever went to say, you know, hey Cliff, I, I I'm thinking about a computer. What computer should I get? And if I do, and I say if I do, recommend a Mac. I always recommend getting Apple Care. Now, I don't always recommend getting it the day of purchase unless they are not responsible enough to add it later. So I my my suggestion is if you're going to forget about it then you buy it the day you're in the store. It adds what a cup maybe an extra couple hundred dollars to your purchase, but it's so worth it, trust me, because these, you know, Macs are great, but they are just as prone as any other computer out there to hardware issues. And so um you know the, the Apple Genius Bar, they are fantastic over there. They do great work. They know what they're doing. Most of the time, unless it's a PRAM issue that they tell you to just go home and push a keystroke. Uh, but anyway, most of the time they know exactly what they're doing. And most geniuses will not send you home when there's an issue like that. They will probably try to dig into it uh, a little deeper. Anyway, um, but if you are the type that has the ability to be very structured and very well organized, then I would put a thing up on my calendar 10 months out saying, add Apple Care." You know, go and buy it and add, and add that to your system so that you have plenty of time to put that off for a couple of weeks and, and eventually get it before it's out. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Apple will email you. If you did not purchase Apple Care, Apple will email you like a couple of weeks beforehand because I just got an email saying that my limited warranty on my iPhone 3G is about to expire. Yeah, it- for the for most of the computers, like it's not that much. Just you know, if you can't afford it all in one one chunk, just just sit aside a little bit of the money each month, and then you know, by the time your Apple Care start gets close to run out, then you can go get it. Cool. Hey, do you want to read what Stephen Cross wrote? I just uh, did a whole lot of reading. I'll let you take this one. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, Stephen Cross wrote four months ago. I spilled Diet Coke into my keyboard of my one year old MacBook Pro. Ugh. Nothing happened. The computer works great. Wow. Took it to Apple to have the mouse pad looked at. It's a bit crunchy sometimes. They called me and said there's liquid on many of the internals, and, it'll, and to get the laptop back under warranty, it'll cost $1,200. The mouse issue may, have not have any, may not have anything to do with Diet Coke, but that doesn't matter. $300 to replace the top case. I guess that's the, that's the keyboard mouse. Basically, anything goes wrong with the power supply, motherboard, etc. It's not covered unless I have this level 4 repair done at $1,200. I'm doing nothing for the time being. I'd like to be very angry, angry with them, but it's my fault. And yeah, it is. It is your fault. Um, <laughs> there you go. Take it, Chris <laughs> or, or, or Steven. <laughs> uh, Steven's in our <laughs> chat room right now. I mean, uh, the the other option. I don't think St- is Steven in Cincinnati. Uh, no, I don't think he is. What you may want to do is try to find not the Apple Store, but another authorized Apple reseller. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got we've got a couple in town. Those guys are a little more flexible. Just tell them, look, I w- I just want the top case replaced. Um, and you're gonna have to pay for it. I mean, considering there is liquid damage—not damage, but th- there is evidence of a liquid spill on the computer. It's it is Apple's policy, and they don't really bend this at all 
to flag it as hey there's there's liquid damage and it is a, a higher level repair yeah uh, that that is a shame though I, I tell you um of course you know the it, it sounds to me like you know if the to fix just the issue that he's having with his mouse pad is three hundred dollars so um, and of well, course, it's because the, the mouse pad is crunchy because of the of the uh, of the, of the coat. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, then that makes sense then. And of course, you know, and, and that's something I I think maybe that's something to imp- uh, to to introduce here into the show with Apple Care. It's important to understand water damage is not covered. Yeah, any kind of spill is not covered at all. Hey, Chris, you need to unplug from your existing. Uh, USB and move it over to the other one. Okay, okay hold on. <laughs> Chris, uh, Chris has this um, uh, one bad USB port in the Mac, and I, I'm going to have him explain that in just a second because he, um, we have this every single week. Is that better? Yeah, that's perfect. What, okay. Did you forget and put it back in the the bad one again? Yeah. What can you explain? Let let's uh i want to explain that in just a second because i i think it's i you know it's important we've talked about it once last week but before we do the what was i saying about the oh apple care does not cover water damage at all right right and the, do they tell you that up front usually or no i used to uh with that well you know in the whole spiel of selling things but i mean it's it's clearly documented in, in all the paperwork and stuff. What are do you know some other common things that are not covered? Any accidental damage is not covered. So if you drop it and it, the screen cracks, you know, generally any kind of screen cracking, mm-hmm. uh, especially on, on a laptop, is definitely not covered because they just don't spontaneously crack. Okay. Uh, water damage. Now this goes. This is across the whole Apple line: MacBook, iMac, uh, iPhone, iPod Touch, iPod. Uh, any cracked screen is typically not covered under warranty. Uh, water damage definitely not covered under warranty. Bug infestation not covered under warranty. Um, power surges are covered under warranty. That's sh- uh, and that should be. Yeah, failures based on you know the uh, AC adapter, all that kind of stuff, so they're under warranty. Hard drive equipment failure. Yeah, that's all covered. Now I will tell you this: uh, you can now buy a Mac from uh, Best Buy. And Best Buy does cover some of those other things, such as accidental damage and stuff like that. And that, you know, there, there are some things that you could talk about, you know, with those folks over there and, and, and get the, the lowdown on, on what they cover versus what they don't cover. I don't know if you get the same care or whatever. I don't know if you're able to call Apple if you buy theirs. I, you'd have to talk to Best Buy about that. But I do know that they cover some things on their warranties that Apple does not cover. And, and I don't know. Water damage may be one of them. You used to sell insurance, Cliff. What about like a homeowner's? You don't recommend that? I, I desperately recommend against using homeowner's insurance to cover a, a, a $1,500 or less device. Because okay. number one, you're going to have your deductible anyway, which most common deductible today is $1,000. So um, although you can... Uh, you can add it on specifically to your insurance policy and there is zero deductible. But what happens is whenever you have a loss on your homeowner's insurance that is not weather related, um, uh, then basically that counts against you in your loss-free discount. They'll remove your loss-free discount and it increases your homeowner's rate. 
uh, on your oh, homeowner's okay. policy. And so if you turn in a $1,000 or $1,500 claim, you may have no deductible. Number one, you've paid an extra 80 bucks a year on your insurance premium for that. And your insurance premium on your home could increase by 120 bucks a year just because you turned in a claim and you lost that um, claim-free discount. Uh, oh, wow. And, and, the, and the thing with our weather anymore, with hail and windstorms and tornadoes and all this other stuff going on, you know, you're better off staying squeak, squeaky clean and only using a, a claim on your on your homeowner's insurance when it's absolutely uh, necessary. And for example, right now, um, I have 15 holes in my siding and I've got divots all over my roof at, from the hailstorm that came uh, just recently. And so Stephanie and I, this will be the first time in five years that we'll have owned this house uh, that will be uh, turning in a claim. And it's a legitimate claim. And because it is weather related, it's not going to cost us or it's, it's not going to cost us our loss free discount because uh, you cannot be penalized. Or you know what? It may actually cost us our loss free discount, but it's not going to be like a surcharge. I ha- I, it's been a while since I've been in insurance now that it's been a year and a half. I forget some of these companies are changing things. But anyway, here's the situation, though. Um, let's just say that my wife lost her wedding ring and we, yeah. we reported that and turned that in as a claim two years ago. And then this earlier this year, uh, we, uh, you know, my my MacBook was stolen out of my car. And let's just say that was a fifteen hundred dollar claim. And then all of a sudden now I have a hail damage to my home and I'm turning that in, which, by the way, it, you know, the the ring, couple thousand dollars, the MacBook, fifteen hundred dollars. And then, you know, roof and siding, seven thousand dollars. Guess what I get next year from the insurance company? Uh, what? A, a notice of non-renewal, which basically says uh, because of claim activity as of the expiration date of your next policy, we will not be renewing your insurance. You'll need to find insurance elsewhere. If you cannot find another insurance company that will provide you care coverage, you can go through the you know your state's fair plan insurance, which is usually about $7,000 a year. Wow. Yeah. So that, you know what? They should make like insurance for like your electronics in your house. That'd be pretty sweet. Well, they, th- that's what I'm saying. The homeowner's insurance, they do make that. I mean, it, it's, it's but available. But not, not, you know, not a homeowner's insurance, but something like a, like a boutique insurance, kind of like, you know. Well, and I think that's what Best Buy is, honestly. Okay, okay. That, that's well, what, yeah, that makes sense. Best Buy is not a, is not a warranty plan. It is, it is quite clearly an, an electronics insurance program is what, what Best Buy's stuff is. Yeah, I bought I bought it for uh, my DLP TV just because DLP high def TVs, you know, unlike LCDs and um, and plasma, have a lot more moving parts in there, and it has a bulb that burns out after so many hours. So uh, I decided to go ahead and just spend the money and and get the four year service plan because it comes with a bulb replacement too. And I figured within four years I'll definitely need a bulb. So yeah, absolutely. And I will. There's tell just you. things that make sense to to get, especially laptops. Uh, you know, you you move them around. You know, the hard drive in there gets jostled all over the places. I'm on my second hard drive on my MacBook, so yeah. And I used to have it. I bought my very first iPod from the uh, from Best Buy in Florence, and I will tell you, I dropped that thing like five times. And one or wait, no, I, I take it back. I bought a camera uh, from the Best Buy, and I dropped it about five times. 
one of the knobs actually fell off uh, after dropping it. I took it in. They replaced it with a brand new camera. And then that one broke. Uh, probably dropped it a couple more times. And I took the money from that and I actually went and purchased a... Um, uh, what do you call that? Uh, one of those PDAs, uh, an iPack. So I purchased an iPack with it, <laughs> and I was able to um, buy an additional warranty. But it, that, the warranty on the iPack was the only thing that I had to pay for. I didn't have to pay for the iPack, and so I had this brand new PDA. And then I really wanted a, an iPod. And as soon as anything happened to my my iPack, I decided, you know what, I'm trading this in. So I, I went in. And under that warranty, they get, said, here's, here's the amount of money. I was like, you know what? Can I, I'm done with this thing. I want to get an iPod. And I ended up getting an iPod. So, this, so I had one warranty that carried me over two different devices over two years. And then I had another warranty that carried that free device to me over into an iPod. And I, I will tell you that there are benefits to having those, those policies. Anyway. So um, anyway, yeah, you know what? We're at 56 minutes and we've got uh, I'll tell you what. Let's take one more question and then wrap it up and then we'll we'll cover all the other questions next week. Sounds good. All right. What's the next one here? Is that Aaron B? Uh, yeah, I believe so. OK. Aaron B says this. I recently upgraded to a MacBook Pro 13 inch and I migrated everything over and it seemed like things were going well. However, I wanted to change my screensaver from the default one to the cool electric sheep screensaver. When I opened up the system preference to make the change, scrolling down to select the screensaver I want, the entire system preference application does not respond and I get the dreaded beach ball of doom. Checking out activity monitor, it shows that system preferences is is not responding, so I force quit the application. This happens every time I try to change the screensaver from the default. Any ideas as to why this might be happening and how to fix the issue? Thanks in advance, Aaron. The only thing I can think of is he said he migrated everything over. Yes. And I think I would love to know what what the computer was uh, before the MacBook Pro 13 inch. I don't know if it was a power PC or, or something. Something in that migration has conflicted with the system, especially in the system preferences. My only thought is he may have had some kind of system preference extension in there. Uh, you know, like you, you know how when you install Growl, it adds uh, a little extra menu thing to the other section yes. in the system preferences. It could be something in there uh, that's that's causing the issue. I, I don't know what it what they have specifically, but if I had to guess, that would be it. That would that would cause the whole system preference pane to lock up. Okay, so question is, you know, there there are these things called are they called plist files? Uh. P-lists are, are a little different. These are more like little programs and hacks that you put in your system preferences. Okay, so so Growl is one of those. Could it be, you, Do you think maybe uninstalling Growl might be something to check out? Maybe, yeah. I mean, uh, worse, here's what I would try to do. Okay, tell us. Um, create, well, you can't create a new user either. If Why? Your system if your system preference, if you can't get into the system preferences. You know, 
Is it? Let me just read this one more time. This is happening every time I try to change the screen. No, see, it, it's not that system preferences don't work. It's every time he tries to change the screensaver from default. No, no. When, when I open up system preferences to make the change, scrolling down, it's like the screensaver. That, oh, okay. Yeah, so he can I, get into okay. system preferences. Ah, huh. So it's something there's, to do with that. Maybe is the is the is the electric sheep? Is that like a an application that he's purchased or downloaded? Uh, it is a screensaver application. Um, here's what I would do: try to create a new u- create a new user and try to install it with the new user to see if that works. If that does, then there's something wrong with when he migrated over his user. Now, how to fix that? I'm not sure exactly what it could be. This this would be something that you could take to the Apple Store, and they should be able to to, to diagnose it pretty quick with their hands on it. But try. What they'll have you do is try to create a new user to see if that works. If that does work, then we know there's something wrong with your user folder, and you, I would take it to the Apple Store. Very good. Then that's that's what I would suggest is go ahead and set that Genius Abar appointment. It sounds like you just recently upgraded to the MacBook Pro 13-inch. Hopefully, Aaron, you have a Mac Store close enough that you can go into and uh, see if they can't diagnose the issue. If not, uh, your sounds to me like you would still be within 90 days of Apple Care. They should be able to do the screen share with them, shouldn't they? Oh, I don't know if they do that or not. Really? That'd be cool. If they, that'd be cool if they did. Oh, I thought for sure they would do that. Do I, you know, doesn't don't they have these abilities now? Isn't that one of the benefits of having um, uh, in iChat? Yeah, in iChat. Yeah, that's a lot to ask someone to do, though. Huh. <laughs> Anyway, if I was Apple, I would do it. (laughs) Anyway, folks, thank you for listening to another episode of Generally Speaking. No, this is not Generally Speaking about the church. This is Help, I Got a Mac. (laughs) You can tell I am not used to our Monday mornings or whatever. Forget it. We'll see you next Thursday. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Hey, Chris, are you still there? Yeah, I am. I was sitting there wondering, what in the world is that noise? And it was that rocket going off in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I hear a big, loud noise. It's so awesome, man. I love space. That is cool. Oh, man, there's this really cool thing. If you want to get your kids involved in, like, looking at, like, the moon and stuff, you can buy something called a Galileo scope. And it's a, a it's a kit that you build a telescope. It's like a twenty x you know zoom. It's pretty good, and uh, you can see the rings of Saturn with it. Really? And uh, yeah, you can put it together. You put this kit together. It's fifteen dollars. No way. Yeah, Galileoscope.org. Galileoscope.org. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I mean it's it's super awesome. Very cool. All right, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna ramp this up and then. <laughs> then I'm going to go ahead and let the music roll us out of here without right. without the rocket going off in the background. Okay, and I've got a, I've got a jet, so. All right, man. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Bye.